1: Welcome to Thinker Girl, the podcast. You are joined with Stacey June and my young mate, Christy Mercer. Hi, babe. I'm really excited for this. Yes, uh, yes. This is definitely turning up the heat. Yes. Uh, we're talking all things sex on this particular episode. If you haven't listened to our podcast before, we uh, chew the fat. We uh, do breakfast radio shows throughout the day and throughout the week. Uh, and we started this podcast As a bit of a forum to be able to talk about topics that we are essentially thinking but not saying and certainly topics that we are unable to say on our brekkie radio shows. And Um, this is, is very much... That kettle kind of Yes, yes. It's nice and <laughs> yeah. steamy uh, and to be able to facilitate this, I guess, is a, a good way of looking at it and maybe answer some of the questions that we've had and that we chew the fat on week to week. We welcome one of our favorite guests so far. She's coming back uh, from another episode, which was exceptionally popular, sexologist Nikki Goldstein. Welcome to our show. Yay.
2: Thanks for having me again. And thanks for making me a favourite. I like that.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. It, it, when it wasn't just our favourite, we had lots of Absolutely. feedback of people that were super. I guess there is a little bit of a stigma about even, I mean, you're a sexologist, but a psychologist and a doctor to some degree in terms of, you know, that field. And I don't know, there's a stigma that maybe you might not be any fun. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> what I mean? What
2: I'm
3: that I'm is most definitely,
2: definitely not the case.
1: put all my thumbs and I do nothing and, yeah. Do you know what exactly I mean? Yeah. What life is like. yeah. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of people, I guess, would have thought that, you know, thinking that you're going to come back with all these kind of serious approaches to things, but yet the podcast was one of the longest we've ever done and definitely one of the funnest. So uh, I think that was that was a good little stigma to knock down for people.
2: Fantastic.
3: Mm.
1: all right so let's do a bit of a contents. we'll go around and give a headline as to what gems we've got this week they all are pretty sex focused young mate what have you got um i was having a convo
3: with a girlfriend recently who said um that sex is actually better off the contraceptive pill i've never actually heard of that before so i wanted to discuss whether it was actually true and if so i don't know i think and might
1: need to jump on his band when been on the pill for five years. Nikki, yeah. don't answer that yet. We will do yeah. that later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, my question is... Well, it's not even a question, I guess it's just telling a bit of a story about someone uh, essentially bringing to the table at a brunch conversation that you choose whether you orgasm or not, that it's a conscious decision and I found the whole conversation quite perplexed. I was quite perplexed by it and it was particularly, it was to an instance that I was talking about, so I want to run that by you guys and see where your head's at with it. Okay. Now, Nikki, what have you got this week?
2: Well, I want to bring the, the issue of discussing sexual dysfunction in relationships and the place of communication. So you know, the question of what happens when you start seeing somebody and things aren't the way you think they should be. How do you mm. talk to somebody without bruising their ego or offending them or making them feel like they're less of a man in the bedroom because they can't. Oh, you that, that yeah. perfect sexual experience.
1: That's right. tough. Let's start with that. Let's let's yeah, go should. into, yeah, fill us in on, on what you're doing with that particular issue.
2: I've been working on a campaign um, called How Was It For You? So we're trying to encourage couples to have those conversations asking, you know, how was it for you? What did you like? What didn't you like? And, you know, with stuff like one in three Australian men suffering from premature ejaculation, you can say that this is an issue that affects a lot of people's relationships. Mm. and mm. One in three, was it, did you spoken. say? Yes.
1: Wow. So it's Beautiful. just
2: not being spoken about. And, you know, it, it's a very touchy subject because I think there's that problem of, well, what is premature ejaculation? Some people, even though they might be lasting longer than the two to three minutes, they still want to have more control over their ejaculation. Mm. So
0: there's going to be some
2: level of... Um, of disappointment here that's going to change for each individual couple but I really am interested in taking the woman's point of view that if you just start seeing somebody this is maybe an early relationship and you begin to become sexual and there is a problem with premature ejaculation you know what do you do because it's such a fragile point in the relationship mm. and yeah. how do you have those discussions around having to say to them and I, I just feel that women aren't and that guys are going through this feeling a little bit alone and that they can't talk to their partners and women kind of sometimes don't want to know about it or they think that you know the problem is theirs, not a relationship mm. problem or they go the opposite and they take it on too too on board and they think that it's because the guy's not sexually attracted enough to them so i know i've felt
3: that i've felt that and that's I don't know whether I'm generalising here and thinking all females would think that, but I certainly have had that happen to me. And the number one, like the first thing that popped into my mind was, it's me. I'm not looking sexy enough. You know, he wasn't feeling that. And you do, there is that that element of self-blame kind of, that you, you know, naturally as a human, if something fucks up, you, you need to find something to put the blame on. And I think putting it on yourself sometimes, it answers that. Mm. And maybe, maybe that's why. But maybe that's why you feel, you know, even more scared to talk about it because not only is it, you know, discussing how is it for you or or that erectile dysfunction, but it's also discussing things you know, about yourself, which you might, you know, not feel comfortable about, which you clearly don't if if you're blaming yourself
1: One thing I've started to realise with guys, though, and I don't think, you know, there's so many elements of us as women where we give, we give, we give, uh, and I don't necessarily mean orally. I mean just in life. (laughs) Uh, And we're giving um, because we're, we're born to be mothers, you know, naturally there are a lot of the time, not everybody, but a lot of the time as women we give a little, we feel like we give a bit more. But then there's issues, particularly in the bedroom or particularly in relationships, where it's just very, it does feel like that it's very self-involved. It's kind of an idea that it is something to do with us and we don't think about it. Even when it comes to texting or dating or all this kind of stuff, he hasn't texted me or why hasn't he messaged me by this time? And we never stop to think, well, how come you took three hours to text him back yesterday? You know, you were busy, bitch. And you don't. You don't think that. You don't, your first, especially when it comes to men, there's something straight away that puts up this, I don't know if it's insecurity because you are attracted to them so you're vulnerable or if it's also because they seem a little bit foreign and you don't necessarily know what's going on so you put up a wall. But a lot of the time we do jump at thinking that it's about us and we do often forget that they are these humans that work very differently to us but will have their own complications with stuff. And a lot of it is a lot more than just them not being able to communicate. Do you know what I mean? Like we often put, oh, well, guys have trouble talking. Yeah, they do. But I also think we can be a little bit self-involved when it comes to this stuff.
2: And this is where we kind of need to pull ourselves aside and say it doesn't necessarily have to be a problem about us, and mm. stop being so fearful that he might turn around and say, Oh, babe, since you put on about two to three kilos, I'm not attracted to you anymore. So, my penis really isn't working like
1: it used to. And that's ridiculous because, as what we've told by most of my mates, that are guys that are straight, will get it up for any, like, it's not a lot. So, <laughs> yeah. even if you put on 10 kilos and they love you, there's a pretty good chance he's still getting it up, and he's still getting it up yeah. in 70 years when you're old. Like, they want to have sex. <laughs>
2: Exactly, and I think with these situations, for women, it's really important that they do their research. And I think sometimes women really have a certain amount of control here to help the situation. And mm. I, my best bit of advice is I always call it like a sandwich. So you know, if you have to deliver some potentially awkward news to a guy, you've got to give him maybe some criticism, or you're addressing a subject like that. I always say start with a really positive sentence. And for a guy, it's always really, you know, complimenting their sexual abilities. You know, babe, I find you such a turn-on and I just absolutely love having sex with you every night of the week. Um, But, you know, I just want to discuss this topic with you. And then it's a reassurance. But don't worry, I still, you know, I'm, I'm still really in love with you or I still really want this relationship to work. And then always ending up with, a solution or a possible solution or a suggestion because you don't want to leave them there hanging as though, oh my God, mm. you know, I'm the worst person in the world. I can't do this. It's more of like, well, we've addressed the problem. We've reassured that that person is finding you sexy is still loving you but you know what here's something to work on and that might be you know I I jumped online um there is a website called controlpa.com.au which has got a lot of information so whether it's jumping online and saying hey I think we should start reading through some of the information I think we should go to our doctor and have a conversation together not Mm. you should go Mm. to the doctor or you know maybe we need to start exploring these other avenues so it's giving him that criticism but also he's giving them hope that there is something to work on. So, yes, it still might be a bit of a sting to the ego, but you're giving them a view of, you know...
3: Of let's
1: work towards having better sex, yeah. Yeah,
2: Yeah.
1: yeah,
3: because you want that not just for you, but for your own relationship and for him as well, I guess.
2: Well, I think we're all going to come across bumps in the road. We're all going to face problems in sexual relationships where you are going to have to have these discussions and your sex life is not always going to necessarily be mind-blowing you're going to have to work at it Mm. working it means sometimes having a conversation about not only what you like but what you don't like yeah
1: Yeah. my bestie and i are calling them delicate conversations this week we feel like at the moment there's been a few like in just in life and they are they're delicate conversations it's one of those things that's Gonna put people on that road or that road. You can choose which one you wanna go and if you're willing to have the delicate conversations, whether it's at work, whether it's in your relationship, whether it's not, there is a different road you're gonna take on and I do believe it's a better
3: one. No, no, but things can't be that well. that can't be
2: great unless you have those delicate conversations.
3: You yeah,
1: know? and like, everyone knows that, but whether yeah. they do it or not is something different.
2: But this is where the intimacy can be built in a relationship. You know, mm. those delicate mm. conversations where you come together more as a couple because if you can address you know awkward situations then you can deal with anything and if you're going to end up in a long-term relationship and you're going to end up married to this person and you're going to go through life and you're going to go through you know giving birth and getting pregnant and getting sick there are things that are going to come up along the way that may be delicate maybe not this ideal of perfection that it is when you're dating so You need to be able to sit down with your partner and go, you know, this is what's going on for me and this is what's happening in my life at the moment and have, you know, tiptoe around those subjects and get through them. And it's only going to make you be able to address issues when they come up in the relationship better. So maybe you don't have problems in the bedroom but you are talking about those delicate subjects. Something does happen along Mm. the line and you're like, well, we got through, you know, what we got through the last few months, and we'll get through
1: this because mm. we
2: have yeah. the ability to be internet.
1: Yeah. And I guess,
3: and I guess, checking out those websites and, or you know, going to the doctor, or at least chatting about it first. I mean, that's really that's really the first step, isn't it, just to bring it up.
2: It's getting as much information as you can because a lot of these things are myths. There's there's all sorts of misconceptions out there, so you really need to start doing your research, making sure that you are finding the right information from credible yeah. persons, not just anything online. And then I think the next step is sometimes you need, to, you need to seek professional advice and not to be scared of that. And that might be a GP, that might be a counsellor. Mm. It doesn't mean that you're any less of a person if you are putting up your hand and saying, we need
1: help as a couple no and that's Mm. the whole counseling theory in itself like that's already something for so many different things we need to overcome but it's a good one and i think it even goes back to um just i think for me it's also just having compassion for the fact that we have this thing called faking it and it's and as much (laughs) as it is it's funny and we laugh about it and it's not all great because a lot of people go through it a lot they don't and Mm that must be pretty excruciating (laughs) Although I, I do, to hide I do behind. know
2: cases of guys that have faked it. Really? Oh.
1: Yes. How does that happen? <laughs> Wearing well,
3: a condom or what? Yes, it would have to I be. A, yeah. I
2: had a friend of mine that admitted it to me. And he wow. Said he'd,
1: he'd what a gone, skill.
2: You know, with wow. this girl and he really wasn't kind of, this is another thing, you know, even if guys aren't really interested in you, they'll have sex with you anyway. Yes. So, yeah. He wasn't <laughs> yes. that into it and he just, she just wasn't doing it for him. And he thought, oh, this is just to get out of this. He faked an orgasm, took the condom off, tied it up and kind of I think flushed it down the toilet. So
1: Oh wow. I've never heard of that
2: happening.
1: Yeah, right. That's impressive. Yeah. Let me let, let, introduce me to this friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah well no that's right I'm not there's gonna be no boring times okay let's move along before I get myself into some trouble with that one um I had sex a couple of weeks ago and ended up at brunch with two of my mates and spoke about how I felt a little bit a little bit concerned with the idea that potentially I wasn't going to Enjoy sex the same way that I had being in a relationship mm. and I've been single Nikki for a couple of years now um, and just kind of, it didn't really scare me. It just kind of, and I have had good times and I've had lots of fun and experimented and, and definitely done all different kinds of go through different stages with it, with where I'm at and, and how I'm feeling. But at the moment, I guess I'm a little bit more open to a relationship than I have been before and had this, this sex with a guy that I wasn't definitely wasn't casual but still didn't really feel much and I thought to myself God I can't actually remember the last time where I've properly really enjoyed it and I'm a person that didn't go through a long-term relationship not having orgasms and stuff I was always pretty sexually active and pretty in touch mm. with what I enjoyed yeah um but then I found myself when it's been in casual senses to some degree not so much and I was like well maybe it just is a little bit more of a feeling thing for me and that mm. is just the person that I am and my girlfriend turned around and said to me oh I can't and you know it wasn't we had a big discussion about it and she said I think you actually can choose that that's a choice that you're making stack and I said what do you mean no one chooses not to have an orgasm mate like if you're going in you're saying (laughs) I'd like to sign up for the grand finale yeah and you know that would be a preference and she was like yeah but I don't think I know I actually think that you can choose it and I am still a little bit perplexed by that I think you can I think you can and I think that instead of I don't
2: think it's as easy as saying we choose to do it or not I think that sometimes it serves a purpose for us. So this is kind of really peeling back the layers of the onion and looking at the whole function of sex and and connecting with someone, but more the psychological side, I think, this power of... What the mind has over the sexual side mm. of our body, mm. and I think, yep. you know,
1: and with you girls, it, it's so it's a big one. Oh, oh my God, God. God. is the it brain ever?
2: Controls everything.
1: Mm. It's terrible, and I hate it when you when you go second because then all
3: you're thinking about is I've got to get there, I've got to get there, and as soon as that pops into your head, it's like it's all over for me. But yeah. it's not
2: such a bad thing for women because you know women, guys have a lot more trouble with the the functions of sex yeah. and lasting yeah. longer and going harder. If we get that that formula right on how to turn ourselves on, whether that's communicating that with a partner or knowing our body, then you know it's a woohoo moment. Like, let's go for it. <laughs> you don't need to be worrying about going harder, faster, getting a longer erection. It's tapping into that psychological place in our mind where we feel really turned on. And I think you know if we're looking at this context of being in a relationship versus having more casual sex, you know, being in a relationship is Sometimes easier to feel turned on. You feel more connected with your partner. You feel mm-hmm. more comfortable. When we feel secure, we let our guard down. Mm.
3: We can relax. Yeah.
2: We're yeah. not worried as such. And a lot of women have these fears of, for some reason, you know, especially women that are pre-orgasmic, they have this fear that they don't know what's going to happen if they have an orgasm. And maybe they're going to look ugly. And maybe they have an orgasm face. And maybe they're going to pee the bed. All these kind of things, which actually inhibit their sexuality.
1: It's weird because I'm not really one of these, like, oh, what will I look like, or I'm not, co- I'm not comfortable with my body. Like when I'm in that mode, I'm, the, I feel the most sexy that I can. Like I feel kind, but then it was almost like because I've gone into this headspace that I'm maybe ready for something more. It's like I can't be bothered with anything that's not meaningful.
3: Can I ask, Stace,
1: before, just before
3: you answer that, Nikki, was there ever a time where you were out of that long-term relationship, you were single and having casual sex, that you weren't mentally or, or um, yeah, you weren't mentally ready for a relationship? Were you able to get there before you had kind of yeah. decided that in your own mind? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. More so, but not still not to the extent that I have was in a relationship. It never, it, it's not the same
2: this whole notion of casual sex and, and sexual pleasure because I'm also single and I'm also at that point in my in my life where I'm kind of going, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to be in another relationship. Mm. If I were to have casual sex right now, I don't think I would enjoy it as much and I think that I, the, the chance of having an orgasm wouldn't be quite high because
1: Well, I that's kind of how I feel, yeah. Mm, I associate mm.
2: sexual pleasure now with a connection with somebody. Yeah, it's like a switch has together, turned so
1: in my and, head. Yeah, which is a good place to be at because it means
2: you're ready. You're ready to be with someone else and in order to... You know, not only emotionally in your life do you feel like you, you have the space with someone else, but also sexually, it's a good place to be at because in order to feel sexually satisfied, you want intimacy and connection with someone else, which is that heightened level of sexuality. Mm. It's
1: not that superficial, immature... So like, when I get it, it's going to be really good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> lock, lock your inside and put your earplugs Bring it on! Bring it on! Formative. When can it be? Let's do it now! So, so Nikki, is it
3: a little bit of... Really, you know, like switching that or tweaking that in your head and and completely ridding yourself of that preconception of I'm not going to be able to because of A, B, C, D, because I feel like I'm ready for a relationship. Is it is it that mental thing that you've got to kind of switch that off and shut it out to be able to allow yourself to get there?
2: Well, I think if, if mentally you've decided that it's time for a relationship, it's not actually you deciding it. It's things shifting in your body. So, you know having casual sex right now would not be as satisfying. You could try and try and try to say, you know, I'm going to enjoy this. This is going to be amazing. But because it, your body has taken over, maybe it's hormonal, maybe it's, you know, that subconscious that's kicking in, you may be able to try to switch that, but I don't believe that if you hmm. truly listening to your body and in touch with it. That you are going to be able to break out of that pattern of I'm I think mind blowing
1: sex. Yeah, and I think that's why I got I did get a little bit not offended, but I was defensive. I was like, oh, you know, I understand the idea of choosing it, but at the same time, it's a choice to not be choosing. If that makes sense, but or you're, um, you're
2: choosing a lifestyle. So yeah. your choice right now is not to be having um, orgasms or not, and this is where I think this idea of choosing an orgasm is more secondary. Your choice right now is going, I choose to get my space, my, my head in a space and my life in an area where I am ready for it.
0: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh.
2: Yeah. So maybe in turn, a consequence of that choice is not being able to experience, you know, really heightened sexuality with somebody casually because your choice is on a different path. So in a way, you are, you know, you are nearly choosing not to have an orgasm with people you might have...
1: By default. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. not, you know, yeah. this
2: is where it serves a purpose. Yeah. thing is that to choose to have an orgasm or not is where it serves a purpose. A lot of people will even subconsciously put a block on that heightened sexuality or that heightened sexual pleasure because they associate that with affection and intimacy with a romantic partner. If they're not with a romantic partner, they might still enjoy it. But at some point in their body, it's going, yeah, we're just going to sit here. We're just
1: (laughs) going to... Yeah, this is nice, but... uh, (laughs) You've
2: got to consider for women as well. We can get very attached to guys when we have that crazy sexual experience.
1: Yeah. Our hormones yeah.
2: firing up because it's what our body is meant to
1: It's be so it. true, it's actually, sex. that you say that. So it's almost like if you even know that they're not the right guy for you, you probably won't let yourself go there because otherwise you might get too attached. You're protecting yourself because your body's protecting yourself yeah, when you have sex.
2: Mm. When you're having that like, amazing sex in your bed all weekend and having multiple orgasms, you may not like this guy, but you know what? You end up <gasps> becoming attached to him because of the hormonal changes that are going on with sex and connecting. So often with a lot of women, when we want to have casual sex, we know that this guy that we're having sex with is not the right guy, especially if we have learned that in the past, if we've been sexually active for a few years. Mm. We can sit at that point of sexual pleasure where it's still good. I'm not saying that we stop it and make it bad.
1: It's still good,
2: but it's not mind-blowing because we are not allowing ourselves to open that floodgate
1: Mm. because
2: if we do we run the risk of getting emotionally attached to someone we shouldn't be emotionally attached to yeah right
3: how clever can women
2: have emotionless sex yes but they need to be honest with themselves i I don't think it's there's there's some people that can i think it depends on the circumstances i definitely have been there before in my life after coming out of a long-term relationship. Yes, same. Yeah. The last thing I wanted to be was be connected to
1: someone else. You just shut it out. And yeah. you also, I mean, for me, I've said this a few times in this podcast, not that I played a character, but I was away, I was overseas. There was like everything was kind of this whole, you know, or not a fantasy, you. but it yeah. was yeah. just this kind of, yeah, this other, this other way of expressing yourself that certainly didn't lead back to my life in Melbourne. Mm. <laughs> mm.
2: But women just need to be aware of where their headspace is at. And I think this is where you've got to work with what's going on. And you need to know that you may be a point in your life where, yeah, great, casual sex is fine. We can have sex without emotion. But that sex is not going to be um, entirely satisfying because, you know, some level of emotion is going to come with it. But sometimes it's exciting, especially if you are out of a relationship. It's something new. It's exciting. It's daring. You know, that's where you're getting the thrill off. Right. But like women need to sometimes be honest with themselves when they get to that point where maybe they're after sex, they're feeling a bit empty, they're feeling a bit down and sad because they, the emotion is kicking in. And that's where we have to have that, you know, it's like having a talk with yourself in the mirror and going, can I do this anymore? Mm. Is my Is my mind and my body telling me that I'm actually at a different point in my life and now mm. is the time to stop looking for immature instant instant gratification and start that process of learning how to connect with somebody to experience sexual pleasure. Mm. Okay Mm -hmm. well from
3: sex with you know with with your mind that can sometimes take control which obviously you can you know perhaps some have some level of control over what about my question in this discussion that I had with a mate recently that you have better sex off the contraceptive pill and I was chatting to her about this and as somebody who personally I think I've been on the pill and the same pill actually for five and a half, probably almost six years now, this was something that I had never heard of and I was blown away at the fact that she said, yeah, you you are hornier when you're off the pill, you get wetter and you, you have a better time. This is from what she was saying personally.
1: But from the way... That I love it she she's like, yeah, you get wetter. She's like, yeah, you get wetter,
3: it's just you love it. See, but the way that she was telling me, it was like, oh, what do you mean? Like, she was shocked that I didn't have this knowledge that I'd never actually, I'd never, ever heard of it. I'd never heard that that the contraceptive pill could affect your sexual drive and your sexual connection with somebody with somebody that the only sex that i've ever had with my partner of five and a half years is on a pill and i actually did question question our sexual activity and go oh well maybe maybe we're only getting you know seventy five eighty percent of where we actually could be and i'm not saying that's a bad thing but I don't know. I, I'd love to know, Nikki, if you could answer that. The physical yeah. side, obviously you are, you are putting a, a certain dosage of hormones in your body every single day and as someone that's been doing that for a long time, I've, I've never really asked a question of every time I put that pill in my mouth and swallow it, I don't really actually know what it's doing to me physically or know what it's doing to my sex drive.
2: Well, I think this one's a really interesting one because we are living in a society that over-medicates and I think especially mm. for young women, um, I was the same way. As soon as I became sexually active, my mother told me to the doctor, would go on the pill. And you don't question it. It's just, it's nearly part of society these days. We're so worried about young girls getting pregnant too young, that it's like, okay, just go on the pill. And they're teaching you, you know, you go on the pill and you use a condom. So I went off the pill probably now, I want to say maybe two years ago, and not because I was wanting to have better sex, but I just felt that my body needed a break. I had yeah. been on it for years. God, that's that
1: sentence happens so much with girls. Yeah. That exact sentence. I just feel like my body needed a break. But that's and where I'm at. And one
2: things weren't going. At, you know, my yeah. I know that my cycles were not just they weren't normal, and things were going on, and they were, you know, stuffing around with the dosages and. And I went. Well, hang on a minute. The only reason I ever went on this pill was to stop myself, you know, from getting pregnant in a relationship, a serious relationship. I'm not in one at the moment. I'm not really having a lot of sex without such a problem. Um, why do I need this pill? Now, as an accident from that, or as a you know surprising side effect, I learned about this this cycle that my body goes through naturally, and how I could be horny off the pill and. I want to, you know, reassure you that it's, you know, by saying that, oh, well, maybe the problem with our sex life is I need to go off the pill. That's not always the answer because, you know, you're with your partner and you're connecting and you're having fun and you're understanding your body. So it's not a matter of that's just going to be the the magic solution to getting Mm. up to that 100%. But it's interesting to look at when we go off the pill and our body goes through a cycle naturally. Mm. We get these points where we are so horny we want to hump furniture
3: yeah
1: and you also know you start to realize and i've yes. noticed you start to realize when it is as well so Guys, you have I more had,
3: nikki is this a worry i haven't had a period in a year ha,
2: oh, over are you a year on the pill or are you off the pill
3: on the pill but i haven't i haven't have actually you been had taking,
2: and you've been taking the the sugar tablets or skipping it
3: I do, yeah no 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 I do I do take oh well, I don't take the sugar tablets but I mean yeah I have I do have that weak break so then you're at
1: well, you, oh you just don't you have the break though you don't take the actual pill yeah, in a period it's essentially what the sugar pill is isn't it it's just yeah, a break a from having yeah. period
2: pills. it's it's a, it's not a real period when you have periods on the pill those sugar pills it's it was explained to me it is a fake period it's not the same as when you are having periods um, when you're off the pill. I used to skip my periods with this... I used to go at least four months because I had a boyfriend who made me believe it was the worst thing in the world when you potentially Mm. had your period and they didn't want to be anywhere near you. And I think that, that as much as the doctor says that it's okay... I felt that my body was starting to go, yeah, I'm not okay with this. But this is one of the problems with the pill is that it can stuff around with our cycle a little bit. And I think... But is that
3: bad? Like, is that bad? And I went to the doctor and they said, oh, no, that's normal of somebody that's been on a pill as long as you have, you know, the same pill. Well, there's no... For
1: five years. There's no normal. And, Christy, there's no natural way of contraception, like, unless you're doing things that are a little bit unreliable. Like... There is no way. I don't know if there's a lot that the you can compare. No, and you can't compare. <laughs> yeah. You can't compare yeah. to being off the pill and being on the pill and looking for the same benefits or being concerned with it because you're putting something in your body to fight something that naturally happens. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think the question doesn't It doesn't correlate because they can't possibly be compared. You're not going to get this natural, natural kind of vibe, natural kind of orgasm and necessarily a, a good indication of, where your body's at, when you're putting something in to your body. And I think that's what you need to do to not get pregnant, for fuck's sake. If that's, you know, you're not ready for a baby, of course. Mm -hmm. But at the Mm -hmm. same time, we can't do our heads in about it being all a certain way or why is it like this, why is it not like that, if we're choosing that as a daily option. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, look, I get that. And when I say, is that normal, I don't mean, is it normal, because I understand it is not normal. You are giving yourself a fake, period,
2: right? But it is common. It does happen for women when they are... Taking the contraceptive pills and things change in their system to not have a period, and it's not to say that it's so common that you should just chill out and relax and and not seek, you know, not do anything about it. Mm. It is one of those things that you go, hmm, I've got to keep talking to my doctor about it because it may be an insight into something else going on. But I think that maybe that's that indication where you go, hmm maybe it's just time to give my body a little bit of yeah that. and i don't oh, think right. i
1: don't think it's a suggestion that necessarily you throw your hands up but i do know a lot of girls that spend a lot of time stressing about the right way or the right things that can be on the pill and i definitely don't think you should ignore things but at the same time there also needs to be this understanding that there that is going to be a reality of that like do you know what i mean like a lot of the time there's yeah. a lot of conversation around it and I think it's good. I think conversation is good. But I also think that in yeah, if you if you are feeling that, then maybe it is time for a little bit of a break. I've
3: got a real I've got a real fear of it because before I actually was on this pill, I tried every other single pill that there was. I tried the mini pill, I you know, tried the expensive ones, the cheap ones. It was to the point where this was like the last resort. Okay, we'll give this one a whirl, let's see how it works. One of them made me put on weight, one of them made me have acne, one of them made me crazy, one of them made me cry all the time. Like There was all different things that, that basically fucked around with my body and I think I have been knowing and knowing deep down, okay, I kind of feel like I need a little bit of a break but I think... I'm afraid, and I think I'm scared to go off this pill and be loving it so much so that I don't know what I do. I don't want to go back to using condoms, being in a in a trusting long term relationship. But I think I don't know. There is this fear for me that although it might not be the best kind of option and it might not be the greatest for my body, I feel like maybe it's the best option, like right now. In terms of other pills, there are
2: options out there, and I think we all go through this when you go off the pill because the pill, I think, is quite relatively easy for a lot of women. It's, Mm. you know, that tiny little pill we get to take. I've been with a girlfriend when she's had um, the implant in her arm and and it was, you know, I was thinking, oh, my God, that looks so painful. Then she had to take it out and it was very fiddly. But I think it's one of those things that you need to explore after Mm. you've had a break other avenues and mm. what might work for you because
1: the implant the worked really starting. well for me it didn't work for a lot of my friends it worked for some of us but for me I had it for years and years and it worked well for me like so yeah I think you have to you've I think and there's the lots of different things
2: increasing around all mm. of this you know we're seeing new versions of, you know, implants and IUDs coming out every year. So are
3: new rings or something. My girlfriend was telling me about those. It's like basically a ring that you insert and I think it re- that's it releases the hormones, That it still is a hormonal contraceptive. But essentially it, it's not actually inserting in your arm like the implant that a lot of people no. do have issues with.
2: And, you know, this might take some time to work out and work out with your partner what works best for you. And mm. it may be going back on the pill and maybe taking a break from the pill and trying something else. Um, You can always go back to the Mm old-fashioned, unreliable method of the rhythm method. And this is why we experience those increased points of, you know, extreme horniness want to hump furniture, because our bodies at a certain point will let us know when we're ready to have babies.
1: I want to get there. I think it's great. I think it's so great. And it took (laughs) me a good... Yeah, it took me about... It took me a while to get to that point. But then I started to realise even when I had PMS, like I could understand why I was feeling sometimes irrational or extra emotional. Like I learned heaps of stuff.
2: Mm -hmm. And I I think it's a matter of being in tune with your body. And this is what I really enjoy about it. It's having that connection with the way that my body works and understanding where Mm -hmm. it's at. And I think I'm not always the best at writing down when my period comes and I've got period tracker now. I'm I'm one of those people. I I know twelve days into my cycle I can feel it all of a sudden i go my brain starts to even think about sex and at that point really? i go oh i might be i must be at day 12 i know before i get my period now i have a sex dream a few nights before i get
1: oh, oh jealous i know it, I
3: know
2: it i've had one
3: know. i've had one and it was actually recently it was about a, i think not last week and the weekend before and i woke up and physically i was like wow like that was crazy oh i want so one
2: with your body like that I think that that's one of the beauties that being off the pill does give you is that when you experience this hormonal cycle (laughs) that we are all naturally meant to do like this is what our bodies are are made for we it's easier. it's an easier ride I find and I quite enjoy knowing when things are going to happen and letting things naturally occur of course I'm not in a long-term relationship at the moment and there's always that question of yes you know, hopefully when I I go into another one, what would I do? And I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure what line of um, contraceptive I would take. Um, But for the moment, it's very, I'm finding it Mm. very satisfying and easy on my body. And maybe this is what you have to compromise with your partner and say, you know what, for for the next few months, we're going back to condoms. Because He'll I be won- loving me sick.
3: Seriously, if this is how horny I am on the pill, God only knows if I stop taking it. Like, I would be concerned for myself and my furniture.
1: Yeah, oh, <laughs> young mate has a fairly high sex drive uh, that we've learned on the 40 so or so episodes of this podcast. <laughs> which- so
2: it's just being conscious of, you know, the horny you get, you know, spreading condoms everywhere in your house and in every handbag because... You know, I think the, the pressure for a woman when we go through that fear of accidental pregnancy can be really tough to take and you don't know how tough it is until that moment po- that mm. moment hits. And I find with a lot of women, they always say, oh, no, you know, I, I wouldn't go through with it or whatever. And when it does happen to them and they start feeling, you know, maternal, I think if you can avoid being in that position, do. And yeah. this is where mm. it comes over to mind versus, you know, um, natural urges we all have these natural urges and we would all like to just rip the condom off and 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 go it naturally but we need to be you know if you're going to go off the pill you need to be that one more responsible and say Mm. okay i am literally going to hide condoms every possible place i could think of where we're going to have sex and it's getting creative with it. Like, so learn how to put a condom on with your mouth. Make it sexy. That's a good
1: um, idea as well. Yeah. Having them all around the house, so there's not the, there's not this stigma with these kind of ugly things that you've got to hide in like this particular drawer. Like just having them everywhere. So then you're like, oh look, it's just right here. Fun. And when
2: you, if you are, you know, that person that has that crazy sex drive, and you're thinking maybe off the pill, it's just going to go through the roof. And you might be, you know, in the kitchen, in the living room. There's, you know, it's always there. And I think. For a woman especially, too, experimenting with different types of flavors and textures and ribs, making sure that your body is comfortable with them and also Mm. him as well. And this is where it's coming back to those basics because some women have latex allergies. Some women prefer different brands, different types. It may take one of those fun sessions where you're both in the bedroom playing with condoms and masturbating with them to find one that you go, yep, babe, this is the one we're buying in bulk and Just
1: covering her apartment. <laughs> I had a friend's <laughs> boyfriend uh, buy like the bo- a bulk of, like, he was like, Oh, I'll buy some condoms online. And then, sure enough, she's like at home one day and she, the the postie comes. Like, a th- I think it was like 3,000 he ended up ordering. Oh. It was oh, so funny. He didn't even Why? realize. And That's- she was like giving them to us. We were just <laughs> losing it. It was so funny of some
2: of the <laughs> that of, so funny. And I was even walking through my building today reading a Synergy Australian magazine, which is a circulatory magazine. And it had been sent to me and I'm flipping through and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, that's interesting. And there's these ladies next to me in the, in the lift <laughs> and I'm thinking, wow, this might be normal to, to me, but who knows yeah. what they're thinking next to me? So, Oh,
1: well, that'll probably be the most exciting thing that happened to them all day
2: this is true they're currently online ordering
1: the latest yeah that's it that's it well that young girl was into it that must be good that young love lass she's lovely um nikki philip went off a thousand years ago our our timer but as usual that is the best fun we've had thank you so much for joining us oh
2: good and thank you for having me it's so good to have a an outlet where you can be a lot more honest and just say it how it is. So, you know, love coming to chat to you guys. Yeah, we'll have you we back love, at any
1: time. You. Well, next yeah. time I have to keep. I have to give you an update. I do a bit of an experiment. I see how I go. Yes.
2: Please do. And we next time,
1: week. next <laughs> yes. time, Nikki, you can bring your what's going on in your relationships, and we can try and and talk you through them instead of us sitting here going. Yes. So, Nikki what do brain. we do about this? That's mm. <laughs> the yes. interesting thing about being a sexologist
2: and being single is that you know you go through the same things that yeah. other women go through. Totally. You have to be very careful who you trust to get advice off, because some people will give you advice and you look them in the face and you go, that is. So not <laughs> 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 the
1: worst advice could possibly give. <laughs> oh, that's. So a- I, I will bring- some more personal stories to the table next time. Yes, great, Brilliant. great. Look forward to it. Great, great. Okay, if you do want to hear uh, the last episode that we did with Nikki or any of our other podcasts, do check it out on our iTunes page or at Uh, uh You can also check out information um, on our Facebook page. We have all kinds of fun bits and pieces that go up there. Some interesting articles that we find funny and and, and insightful at facebook.com forward slash thinkergirls. And, of course, we cannot forget uh, we are doing a live podcast recording in Melbourne for the Melbourne Fringe Festival, 19th and 20th of September, and tickets are on sale soon. All right, girls, thanks so much. Thanks again, Nikki. Thanks for having me. No worries. Till next time.
0: Bye. Were you eavesdropping on this conversation? Follow the Thinker Girls at facebook.com forward slash Thinker Girls or Thinker Girl TV on Twitter.